Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Today, we have a very special guest, somebody I've known for about 35 years. He's a political activist, a libertarian for sure. And he's also been a professor on finance at Ramapo College. And matter of fact, uh, when I first met him, uh, he had me up there for a special session that he had shortly at the time he was there. But he was there for 35 years, so he must know everybody. But he's well known in libertarian circles. He's run for office several times, and he's still active and likes to write and uh, right now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the most recent thing that he has written and having to do with medical care which uh, seems to be very appropriate uh, but uh, Murray I want to uh, welcome you to our program today well thank you Ron it's great being with you I always enjoy having a conversation with one of the great libertarian heroes in my lifetime well very good and I thank you for that uh, I'm going to uh, mention first uh, the book that you've written, and it's out, and uh, it's important today because medicine is so messed up, and medicine has really gotten messed up with COVID. It just aggravates me to no end, and I think the, one of the themes in your book takes, uh, you know, handles it. The, one of the things that I have been uh, most disappointed about is medicine is I witnessed the total destruction, essentially, of the doctor-patient relationship. There's a little bit there, but it's corporate medicine at its worst. And uh, when you think of uh, public health, that, that's what they think of it with medicine. And when you think of what's going on with this COVID, boy, I'll tell you what, your book is needed and people need to understand it. In, in light of the principles of libertarianism, because what you're saying in this book is really applies to the problems that we have. We don't need the government in there telling us. Now, the title of your book um, is a little bit long, but it gives us a message. Uh, Murray's title is Universal Medical Care from Conception to the End of Life, The Case for a Single-Payer System. Murray, explain that to us. Uh, do you really want to give us a single-payer system? Well, the single-payer, Ron, is something that libertarians and uh real constitutional Republicans should applaud, which is the individual and the family, not the government, as Bernie Sanders wants with Medicare for All. And by the way, the reason I wrote this book is because Bernie was making such headway in 2016 with his Medicare for All. And originally, this book project was, an, uh, was uh, a critique of the welfare state. But then as I see, saw things unfolding, I said, I better just concentrate on one aspect of the welfare state, which is this $4 trillion bill which will probably be what the American people spend this year through insurance premiums, through their employer premiums, Medicare, Medicaid, and other programs. So I'm tackling head on the whole medical establishment, the whole medical structure from employer-based insurance and get back to what I was familiar with when I was a youngster back in the 1950s in New York City, where my parents paid cash for their medical uh, care, where we paid cash for our prescription drugs. And when my father had a major operation in New York City in 1961, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield took care of it. And I never heard of any, um, I don't recall my parents saying this thing is going to bankrupt us because the operation was going to be so expensive and the, uh, and the cost of the hospital would be so expensive. Remember, that was before Medicare and Medicaid. And as you well know, between Medicare and Medicaid in 1965 and the general inflation we've had since then, medical care costs have risen the fastest of of any component in the CPI, and it's no accident, the government has taken over more and more of medical care decisions, and the consumer and the individual and family have suffered enormously 
because of the uh, skyrocketing premiums. So my book really gets into the heart of the welfare state in chapter one. And I also discuss how we can transition from where we are today, which is a hybrid system. And as Mises wrote 70 years ago, the middle of the road policies lead to socialism. And I'm afraid that's what we're seeing right now. If we keep on this road that we're uh, that we've been traveling on for decades, we are going to have a government single payer system. And I wrote this book to point out to the American people, there is a single payer system that would provide us with low cost, high quality medical care by putting them in charge of their medical decisions as opposed to the insurance companies or the government. Yes, and uh, you know, I think it's important uh, that uh, you deal with this in a, in a larger concept. I. Uh, was uh, in medical school, just left medical school in the early 1960s. And uh, one thing I did was, uh, and that was, that was before Medicare and Medi Medicaid. And you've already described how it was different for your family when they didn't have to deal with Medicare and Medicaid. And I, I remember working at the Santa Rosa Hospital in San Antonio. And uh, I, some people don't believe this story, but I worked in the emergency room for experience as well as taking care of patients because I had not had uh, a full uh, medical training. So uh, they paid me $3 an hour, but there was no Medicare, no Medicaid. But Murray, guess what? There was nobody, it seemed like they were struggling or big stories about people dying in the streets and all of these things, it just didn't happen. So I saw all of that come in. So I say I was on the tail end of it when uh, the, the government was uh, just a minimal nuisance, but of course it's changed a whole lot. You know, the other thing that I found interesting in your title, and I know, I know you'll understand this uh, coming from me, but you, you say universal medical care from conception to the end of life. You made a point of saying conception. Some people, uh, I don't know, they might ask questions about that, but you and I have talked about, uh, you know, whether there's a patient at conception and uh, we and, and you've actually taken a position which was a challenge, uh, you, you know, with uh, with identifying, uh, you know, a fetus as somebody requiring or deserving of legal protection. And uh, since I we visited with that many times over the years, I often wondered. Uh, you've never really expressed a, you know, boy, that position was tough on me and I suffered a lot because I had that position. What actually has been the reflection because you didn't always hold that same position? Well, that's true. I mean, growing up in New York City in the 1960s, uh, I remember when um, uh, abortion became legal in New York State in 1967. And when I was on the pro-choice uh, side, so to speak, I opposed Roe versus Wade because it wasn't a constitutional decision from my perspective. Right. It's something that the states should be decide, just as they decide on criminal law on a whole host of issues. And I felt, from a constitutional perspective, this an issue should be left to the uh, to the states, like the Tenth Amendment says. Any issue not uh, uh, authorized by the federal government of the Constitution, authorized for the federal government to do something, the states should take care of it. And then that's the laboratory of democracy, I guess, uh, mantra that. Uh, the founders wanted for America is where the states would determine a lot of these uh, contentious issues. So I thank you for your great book, Challenge to Liberty, of presenting uh, a very, very powerful pro-life uh, defense from a libertarian perspective. And I wish I wish more libertarians would read that book, because and more Americans would read that book because it points out the sanctity of human life. 
life. And I think that's what mi is missing in the dialogue. It's, it's not about a woman's choice, it's about the sanctity of life. And if we took that position, I think a lot of things would fall into place, uh, and especially in this climate of uh, endless wars that hopefully will be, uh, will be ended uh, as the uh, Afghanistan debacle uh, draws down. But um, yeah, I think one thing that I'm really uh, passionate about is to, for people to take care of their own medical decisions and healthcare decisions. That's something that is missing from the dialogue in this country because people have basically outsourced their lives to the federal government or the state government or their employer with employer-based insurance. And so as I see it, Ron, we should have a four-prong approach to medical care that would cut the cost enormously. Let me give you one example. I was at the Free Market Medical Association annual conference in, in uh, early August. Now, I met at, at breakfast one day with a gentleman who, who uh, works for an upper Midwest company, and they decided that they were going to contract directly with medical providers. And so they brought a, a truck onto their property and provided MRIs for their employees at $400. Now, I don't know if the employee paid for the $400 or the company did, but the point is the truck went down the road to the hospital and the hospital is charging $6,000 for the same MRI, showing that they weren't adding any value, but just hiking up the price to make this huge profit, which of course they're not, they're not called profits at hospitals, they're called surpluses. This is one example of how the whole system is rip, ripping off employers and individuals who want to pay cash for their uh, for their services. But with the Free Market Medical Association, they are doing their best to get the word out. Doctors are doing their best to get out of the current system and doing direct cash payments. And you're familiar with that. The direct primary right. care is, I think, growing and should grow enormously. That would be one part of uh, what I'm proposing in the book. The other would be a sort of a mega health savings account where you would put money in tax-free, it would grow tax-free, you would take it out tax-free to pay for extraordinary expenses, and then, you would have a, and then you would have a catastrophic policy for the really big expenses. If you need open-heart surgery, uh, that would probably come down in price as well. And the fourth component, which I'm very intimately involved in, since I'm a founding trustee of a nonprofit health center in, in Bergen County, New Jersey, northern New Jersey, is that the indigent wouldn't need Medicaid any longer. That would save the taxpayers $600 billion a year by the creation of thousands of uh, nonprofit medical centers founded on the principle of volunteers in medicine in uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. And if Jeff Bezos with his billions and Bill Gates with his billions and Warren Buffett really decide to do something great for the American people, live a, leave a great legacy, it would be helping create nonprofit health centers across the country. And the one that I found that is thriving in northern New Jersey, savings people's lives at no cost to the taxpayer. And that is the volunteerism, the libertarian approach to medical care that I think would, would uh, achieve all the goals that Bernie thinks he could achieve with uh, Medicare for all. You know, um, your, your point about the responsibility of the individual, I think is the key to it because it sounds good and people say, well, yeah, but it doesn't work and they make all kinds of argument because they're so dependent on government. But when, uh, when there becomes a vacuum, let's say they t 
take away some of those responsibilities of the individual, then there's a vacuum, but it's filled then with corporations. We get corporate, corporate medicine, and that, that is where the real problems come in because doctors uh, very, very rarely are, uh, you know, the free market group, uh, they, do, they do a very good job on moving in the right direction. But uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, these responsibilities, doctors belong to these groups and very few. I remember when I started my practices in the 1960s that uh, I opened up an office. I had a nurse and, a, and a, an insurance person and, and that was it. But now you have to join groups and, yeah. and, and, and then the government is involved and, and then you have HIPAA that's going to protect everybody's privacy. So we have a major problem there too because this, the, the, uh, <clears throat> the privacy issue I think is atrocious because everything, my son practices in, in uh, private practice right now and he tells me that he says he has to carry his little computer because it goes in and it immediately goes to some services that goes to, to the government and keep a record. They have a record of, oh, that patient got too many medications and and, and 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 oh we're, we're making sure they practice good medicine that that to me uh, is a real shame and uh, I think this is the reason why your book is so important it, it emphasizes that you don't have to say that well if you don't have the government doing it who's going to do it well you just listed four things that could be done and the magnificent thing about that is that how, that's how you get the prices down what we did back in the 60s when we shifted is, um, you know, the prices, the prices went up and uh, medical care went down and the doctor-patient relationship was, was undermined and uh, it, it did exactly the opposite. And just like all other things that you have talked about so much over the years, when the market works, uh, quality goes up and the price goes down. And people say, oh, you, you can't do that with medicine. And uh, I, I, th I think you can. It doesn't have to mean, mean that you have to act like, you know, a, a, a ruthless person because, matter of fact, providing a good service is a moral issue because uh, it's, it's something that can be done. But most people think that if you don't have that, the whole thing will fall apart and there'll be people starving out in the streets. And then I got to thinking, what about those people? You probably even see them up your way. Tense cities in the middle of the cities, big cities, and we're turning them into slums. And uh, and they say what we need is more government. So doesn't make any sense to me, and I know it doesn't make sense to you because you've been fighting this battle for a long time. Well, the thing is, we all we have the infrastructure in place to transition from where we are today to this hybrid system, government-dominated system to a free market universal care system. And I outlined it in the book. Is it the final word? I don't think so, but I think it gives us a good uh, blueprint to start building a new system that would lower costs, that would increase um, uh, people's real incomes, increase the bottom line for, for businesses, and we would have a much stronger economy, better quality uh, medical care. And what I do in the book, uh, which no one else has done as far as I'm concerned, is I separate health care from medical care. Healthcare is your responsibility, and the person that's responsible is looks you in the mirror every morning. Medical care is what we seek when we don't have optimal healthcare. And I have a whole chapter on wellness, which I think you'll appreciate, because I interviewed uh, a naturopath who's a longtime friend of mine, free market oriented, and he gave me uh, his experience as a youngster from poor health to being a top-notch naturopath, helping people uh, get to better health having doctors 
shadow him in his office, working with doctors, oncologists, cardiologists, so to, for an integrative approach to help per patients get to where they want to be, which is without medication and without hospitalization and li living a, a good life without having these uh, chronic ailments. And most of the uh, healthcare decisions that we make is our responsibility. We are responsible for what we eat, what we drink, whether we exercise or not. And this is part of the program that I've been trying to follow for a long, as an adult. I know you've been following it because you're in great shape, no matter what age you are. And I think we all have to have a change in our culture because people think it's someone else's responsibility for their life. And I, I reject that since I was a youngster. And that's why I think the libertarian philosophy was so attractive to me uh, when I read about it in the late 60s and early 70s. And here I am in, in 2021 trying to take us to that next level of a free society, which is getting government out of medical care. And just as uh, we know that war is too important to be left to generals, uh, medical care is too important to be left to insurance companies and uh, third party payers of the government. And I think that's what should be our mantra. We should, libertarian should be, as uh, I think Mises wrote, or, or uh, Mrs. Mises wrote, we have to be radicals for freedom. And I, I think with the book that I just uh, wrote, I think, uh, that achieves that objective because we have to point out loud and clearly that government cannot provide the appropriate uh, decision making, which is a very intimate decision between the doctor and the patient. As I point out to someone the other day, uh, education and medicine are two areas outside the family, which are very important person to person meetings and very intimate. You have to like your teachers. You have to like your doctors in order to have good outcomes. And if you don't like either of them, uh, you're not going to have good outcomes. So, again, it's all about developing a culture in our society that is much different than we have today, which is a challenge. But I think I'm up to it. And that's why I hope people buy this book, because as I've stated in uh, in uh, previous podcasts, I intend to use all the royalties to support organizations that I've supported uh, throughout the years, like the Mises Institute. And I intend to uh, help the Ron Paul Institute achieve that next level of success by leveraging it, which I'll discuss uh, hopefully in a few months. But if people buy this book and give it as gifts, especially the ebook, because believe it or not, you get, as an author, you get greater royalties from the ebook than you do from the paperback. And so uh, my strategy is very simple to try to get this word out to as many millions of Americans, tens of millions of Americans as possible. And if the book can be on the bestseller list, like other books have been, this could be a game changer. Uh, but it's up to the people to uh, help boost the sales of this book so we can get the message out with a message of hope, freedom and and wellness, which the Ameri I think the average person wants. You know, we've uh, gone through a lot of changes and a lot of arguments about medical care, especially with COVID, because uh, in some ways, we've stepped back terribly. In other ways, uh, people are waking up to the views that you're expressing because uh, you, you talked about choices and, and I talk about the entire system, you know, whether it's monetary policy or all economic and social reaction, it should be done freedom of choice. You know, it's hard to believe that we're the ones who are really the pro-choice people, you know, that we, we want people to have choices. But I think people have been conditioned, you know, I, <clears throat> I think our problems have been building for 100 years uh, since the progressive era, st uh, st uh, you know, started. And uh, yet I still see a lot of opportunity 
because uh, yes, we have to work for a transition. I argue that in monetary policy, but we have to also realize that we might not have our way for a long time to come and conditions may get so bad that uh, this is the time people ought to be looking at good health. And you've mentioned that already about uh, taking care of health and just taking uh, vitamin D and zinc may be an alternative to quickly putting people in the hospital and letting the government pay, pay the bills. But this prohibition on, on drug usage and, and the fact that people, you know, have trouble getting, uh, you, you know, hydroxychloroquine and the other things that, uh, that, could, uh, that it could be helpful. Instead, instead, it's vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. And, of course, I believe in vaccines, but I don't believe in the type of promotion that's going on now because I think there's too much co- commercial uh, commercialism in, involved with it. But uh, I think that uh, this COVID thing has been very, very uh, damaging. But at the same time, I look and say, each day we do our program and we dig up the articles and people are shifting their opinions. They're, they're looking at it and it, t- today we talked about how people are shifting their opinion about home, uh, government schools and they're shifting toward homeschooling. Uh, and and that's, where the, that's where the real solutions come from because the progressives have been, uh, you know, educating or uh, gi- giving bad information to our young people for a long time now and we have to combat uh, that the, the, those efforts as well, and talk to them more about our libertarianism, which uh, you have done so well. Well, thank you, Ron. Ideas, as you know, run the world. The progressive ideas were percolating for a hundred years, and look where we are now. We're on the verge of a single-payer government system, and I'm trying to offer the American people an alternative, which puts them in charge. Unfortunately, as we know, a lot of people don't want to be in charge of their life. They'd rather outsource it to the government, which is a sad commentary on our culture. But I think with you and Daniel and uh, the Mises Institute and LewRockPole.com and other outlets that have been fighting the good fight for decades, I think uh, uh, I'm hoping that this book will will give us uh, an opening to change the dialogue in this country as to rather than expanding Medicare and Medicaid is let's transition out of these programs that will benefit everyone, especially the taxpayer and the recipients, the elderly, the, uh, the, the small business owner, the, the uh, big corporations, so they can reduce their medical costs. Remember, every time we save a dollar, that means we can free up a dollar for other purposes, whether it's philanthropy, whether it's saving for the future, whether it's for our children's education or grandchildren's education. This is what life is all about is improving yourself and helping the people you uh, around you that you love and 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 cherish and so what i'm hoping is that um this book gets wide uh, wide reach uh, over the next few months and by 2022 we can start having a, a real discussion about having a free market universal medical care system which i believe is an idea whose time has come right you know, uh, we're, we're going to have to close. I want to mention one fact that was in the paper today. Uh, somebody proposed yesterday a, uh, a new uh, form of medical care. Uh, and then I want you, you, Murray, to tell people the best way to order, order your book. But the, the article I, I want to mention came from not exactly a libertarian site, and that's Politico. And, uh, and what they write is uh, sort of anti-libertarian. The story here today was HHS unveils office to treat climate change 
as a health issue. So you can imagine what's going on. Uh, everything is going to be a health issue now, but that's, that's the kind of uh, thing that happens that we have to combat because you don't want to be against, uh, you know, the environment and, you know, environmentalists. We have to support that. Of course, uh, of course uh, we would be, we'd be able to come up with, uh, you know, libertarian answers to that question, just as you have come up with libertarian answers to the medical problem. But go ahead and, uh, and uh, tell our, our viewers how they can get your book. The book is available on Amazon and other platforms. And the nice thing about Amazon, you can order the book immediately as an ebook. And as I pointed out, uh, the ebook royalties are much greater than the paperback royalties, which will mean that fund the royalties that I get will be deposited in the Saver and Charitable Trust Fund that we created four years ago to distribute to nonprofit organizations. And I'm really excited that uh, I that if the sales take off. There will be so much money in that uh, uh, charitable trust that I'll be able to support these organizations in a way that I otherwise could not do from my retirement income. So I'm not using the, the royalties to live on. I'm using it to create uh, another success story for the libertarian movement, the liberty movement over the next several years. Very good. And it sounds to me like you have every bit as much energy as you've had for the whole time I've known you. But I want to thank you, uh, Murray, for being with us today. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate it. I enjoy uh, our conversations always and uh, hope to see you soon in the near future. Very good. And I want to thank our viewers today for tuning in to this interesting discussion with Murray Sabrin.